0: Wait for it, wait for it, and we're live. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans, it's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters of Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. So without further ado, we have two special guests who are going to let introduce themselves. And uh, Ed, you were uh, first in the alphabet, E and all that. I can read an alphabet, see? Uh, Can you introduce yourself to our listeners and viewers?
1: Sure. I'm Ed Hansel. I'm out here in uh, beautiful, sunny Southern California, author of uh, Avalon Found, first book in the uh, Avalon Found series. So I'm hoping to be about three to five of those once I get them
0: written. Glad um, to be here.
2: You. Excellent.
0: And uh, next, last but not least, we have Mr. Gun Guy. I mean, he's also also known as Sean McCune, but uh, Nick likes guns, so we figured we'd throw that out there.
3: <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, is this a PG show, R show, or do we? Have to, you I mean, know, we, we don't throw, like PG
0: thirteen.
3: Uh, so you get one. Okay ladies and gentlemen boys and girls this is gun guy i have entered the stream so ladies go ahead and lay back relax grab a stiff drink and enjoy the show gentlemen just watch what you're doing and watch the ladies (laughs) all right i'm i'm sean McKean. i live in uh the midwest upper midwest actually uh indiana uh northeast indiana and uh i have several uh stories that were put out in, in for, in, uh, for Canon publishing. And I'm currently working on some work for, uh, three Ravens been having some issues this year. Um, uh, I've got dual carpal tunnel surgeries coming up. One's going to be on the 25th and one a little bit later, been having tons of trouble with it. Some back issues, some hip issues, um, some personal family issues as well. Um, we've had uh, a couple of deaths in the family, a couple of things that have uh, gone wrong. So, not the best year, but I do have a uh, uh, silver lighting. I'm going to be a grandfather for the first time in December, middle of December. My daughter is pregnant. with their first grandchild. Don't know Positive. what it is yet. She wants to wait. Her and her husband want to wait, but uh, yeah, I have uh, several stories out. One is hundred worlds uh, by Canon publishing. Uh, I have two, two in there, uh, which make up over 27, about 27,000 words in, in, uh, in that uh, two stories, 27,000 words in that, uh, anthology and another one in a mecca anthology also put out by canon publishing and i actually have my name on the front of the cover which has kind of made me proud um i uh read i've got like tons of stories written in background like most authors written and put away and ideas and and such and i'm very 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 honored to be here and and thank you very much for enjoying and and, uh, inviting me there hanley
0: you are welcome. Appreciate I figure it. anybody whose name is gun guy had to be okay. So,
3: <laughs> Actually, G-U-N-N, G-U-Y, G-U-N-N stands for gun, as in the gun clan uh, of the uh, uh, northeastern, northern uh, highlands of Scotland. Uh, I am related to them uh, through uh, the McComas side of my family. My grandfather, uh, his last name was McComas, and he was related to some people that were related to uh, people who were, uh, related to the gun clan in, in scotland so uh that was just something i put in there gu and and yes i'm also a gun enthusiast yes i am
0: i mean i just thought it was all about the pew pews because we like all the pews that ever pewed especially nick he, he's a long distance pew kind of guy
3: i actually uh i have a, a few bows and a guns that can shoot some distance as well as a, a nice a really nice uh, uh, 6.8 SPC that I fire about 130 grain quantity uh, rounds out of. So, yeah.
0: Nick, you going to need a moment? Uh, no, I brought a towel
3: this time, so we're good.
0: Okay. okay. So uh, what you don't know is uh, Nick also has some Scottish in him, but we actually let him wear a kilt once. And uh, no joke, but YouTube said it was too hot to handle. Uh, I don't know why they wanted to put an x-ray in. He just showed his bonnie knees and the ladies all week. It was a thing stabby got mad when people started showing up at his house it was just so he's not allowed to wear that anymore yeah they're very disappointed
4: uh because my from the waist down i have a very defined body from the waist up it's uh whiskey and like beer and pizza <laughs> there you go it's like you look at me and you're like yeah you can tell he worked out at one time but
3: hey, so, hey, hey listen listen women women have really high expectations when it comes to men and they really should understand it you know, if they're going to marry a rich man, well, probably not. But when when they do get a good man, they should get a good man, goes to work every day, works hard, provides for his family. And then they say, oh, can't he have abs? No, no, no abs. One ab. That's all you get. One ab.
4: <laughs> and it's all grouped together. It's a super ab.
3: It's a super ab. And this, a friend of mine ab. said, uh, yeah, those dads with the dad bod and the one ab, you, you don't torque them off because they'll put you straight in a heartbeat and i believe i it. So, so i, I a mean that, that
4: if you don't respect the dad bod you don't get the dad rod <laughs> <laughs> i
1: i, I joked that i put about an inch or two of camouflage over my six pack abs so it keeps the women away and my wife is happy
0: <laughs> i started so calling I, it uh, ballistic jill uh, well i just oh, <laughs> I'm such an overachiever oh. i went straight from the six pack to the keg oh, there you go
3: oh i want i want to show you something you find
5: yourself a girl that likes to drink <laughs>
4: There you
0: go. Empty your check. Nice. men don't wear pink. Okay. <laughs> so, but when I'm uh, drunk, oh wow. That's that's the other part about Nick. His people are half Scottish and half German. So he gave the world beer and whiskey, and he just wants you to say thank you. That's all he wants. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, yeah, it's the Irish that gave no, the no world no. whiskey.
0: And because you keep
4: messing it up, I'm half Irish and half German. Uh, half there's Irish. no Scot in me whatsoever, unless
0: I'm drinking Scotch. That's the only scotch well, that I mean, was in me. As someone who's played the bagpipes in a Scottish band for years, I'm just saying the Irish are just Scots that are confused.
3: No, <laughs> Scots are just no, Irish <laughs> that were long distance relatives.
0: Yeah, they are they all go
4: back to the to the kilts.
0: And you can send your hate mail to Madam Stabby at BlastersAndBladesPodcast <laughs> Oh yeah, Stabby gets the hate mail this Madam
3: week. Stabby, Stabby, she's up next.
0: That's how we met I her. She threatened to stab him, him, tried to him, to him, him. him on the first day, and that's how we knew we liked her. She got to stay. So, uh, with that being said, uh, you've both introduced yourself, but, um, Sean, you are the first time on the show, so you do have to answer the religion questions, but before that, I will tell you all. One of us, one of us. I will tell you all how vote. we met them. So, I was walking down a dark alley, and uh, Sean and Ed mugged me, and they took all my hmm. milk money, but I got even, and I made them come on the podcast, so I say I won in the end. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'd to regret Yeah, I had Fair to play.
1: get I had to get non-fat milk with that loose change you got oh. me. I couldn't get the whole milk.
3: I know. No, I was... no, it wasn't even non-fat, it was just that 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 cheap uh what do they call it? Uh, no. Was it almond milk? Convert I mean, yeah. the teeth on an almond. No, Didn't get it. It's... I got
4: nipples Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs>
0: Excellent movie, that, Jr. Get your money up. Get your money up. JR. All right, all right. So uh, the religious. Okay, conference. guys. Go <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> Star guy Wars, <laughs> Star Trek, or Firefly. Firefly. Oh. Go on, defend your answer, sir. No, no, no. Uh, it's kind of like you, this. You they, it, eyes right
3: now? It, I'm sorry. Never
0: what? Seen it. You never. Got to mute, mute yourself, Nick. Got to mute yourself. He's saying that Stabby has never seen Firefly, but we will fix this oh. and do an episode on it. Oh
3: my God. I think it's probably one of the most underrated shows ever. Uh it had it and at the time that they decided to, you know, credit, uh it was in in time it was in a time frame that was competing with several very large audiences on other shows. If they would have given it half a chance and put it in a proper place i think i think it, it would have blown the doors off uh and if the they would have had some uh advertisers with some some bigger cones and back to show a little bit better we'd still be watching it today i mean yeah it, it literally is, is 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 a space western and i i love westerns and i love space and space and western i think it was great it's was space
4: post of a war reconstruction which was kind of awesome going into
3: the yeah kind of like kind of like a you know post post civil war
4: yeah
3: oh yeah that's one of the things a i enjoyed of, about a lot of politics a lot of intrigue you have a, a, a you know betrayal i mean i'm sorry that that's what it was it was a betrayal and these people were like um people who just they're rebels they're they're, they're trying to stop the big overwhelming uh government from controlling everything and in the end they ended up losing Uh, So they just go out on the fringe to go away from civilized society uh, who thinks that basically their crap don't stink.
0: Okay, and because we are polytheistic here at the Blasters Blades podcast, Game of Thrones, The Wheel of Time, or Lord of
3: the Rings? Lord of the Rings.
0: Excellent answer. For a while, we took it out because it was like so unfair to everyone else, but it's such one of the three iconic fantasy properties, it just didn't feel right to throw someone else in there. Uh oh, Madam Stabby's laughing. Did we do something wrong? She's never seen those I, either. I was Sorry,
3: watching, what? I was watching, I was reading Tolkien, um, even before the, uh, the, the cartoonish parts came out. So,
0: yeah, I watched the Hobbit cartoon when I was a kid.
3: The Hobbit cartoon, it was very, actually very well done. And if they would have kept yeah. it in the same vein, and that same style for the, the one, uh, for the, uh, the other parts that they put out in cartoons fashion uh i guess it was what a uh, semi live action cartoon type of thing i it was okay i, I don't think it really worked but yeah. the original uh, frodo baggins uh I the character was just so so awesome yeah i'm talking about it i'm in the books in the books
2: yeah definitely
0: So uh, the topic of the day, so we did an episode, uh, the last episode you heard was let's get nerdy about Star Wars, so we decided it was only fair to talk about Trek. So uh, first off, uh, we're going to ask everybody, and then uh, Nick and I will go last, how they uh, found Trek, like what was their first experience with Trek? And Stabby, ladies first, we are gentlemen here, sort of, maybe kind of. I doubt it, but that's okay. (laughs) <laughs> you know it so well.
5: <laughs> um. Actually, once I got through all of the Star Wars, I was looking for something else to watch, and I just happened to come across Star Trek. I'm the only person in my family that likes sci-fi and horror, so I kind of had to find everything on my own. Um, and I found Captain Kirk first, so... That That was the start of of the secret love affair behind Star Wars back of uh, my love of Star Trek as well. Okay, Captain Kirk being crazy.
0: Did you watch <laughs> any of the others after you discovered um, Kirk in the original series?
5: So um actually, I did not discover Picard until I married Nick.
0: Okay. So, you He's got to be his number one. And he introduced you to the rest. I got it. Even though I. <laughs> Nick forgot to unmute himself. I see that. No, I'm. <laughs> okay. Ed, how did you discover Star Trek? And what was your first memory of, uh, of
5: that? Um,
0: I spent first uh, my
1: childhood, my dad was in the army, so he was pointing uh, missiles at the Russians during the uh, Cold War. So I didn't come back to the uh, States until uh, 1972. And, uh, you know, so I didn't see it until then. And it was kind of like, wow, what's this? And um, as a kid, I loved it, you know, science fiction and uh, watched it when I could. Uh, My dad was notorious for canceling the cable except during football season. So uh, I would catch it when I could.
0: (laughs) Your dad had his priorities, right? I approve. <laughs> so you know, did you fa- once you once you discovered trek did you continue watching or was it you know you came back to it later
1: yeah i would I would watch it when I could um loved it more you know as a as a teenager um especially when they got into the uh, the movies the next generation um I love the reboot that's been fabulous I've I've really enjoyed the reboot um I wish they get
0: another movie out, but uh, don't know when that will happen. Okay, Um, and then uh, last but not least, we have Sean. So how did you discover the wild world of Gene Roddenberry? Uh,
3: 1971 reruns on uh, our local TV uh, channel. Um, I fell in love with the series, uh, watched it every single day all all the episodes over and over and over again on the original series um i identified a lot with uh spock i mean i like i loved kirk identified a lot with spock but uh i think i i kind of liked uh two other characters better i loved Chekhov, and i really love scotty the science the engineering everything with 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 uh mr scott was just it just something just just resonated with me there. I had a lot of interest in science when I was young, uh, did very well in science you know, throughout my, throughout my young years into junior high and high school, uh, even into college um, loved, absolutely loved the series. Uh, loved the, the, the movies that they came out with uh, thought that the first movie could have, I don't know. It, it was, it was well done i think it could have been done better but then again you know it's many years since then um i think the movies got better as the series went along character characters developed even more um watch the entire uh, uh star trek uh you know wrath of khan um uh you know undiscovered country is one of my favorites uh, because i mean you had so many good characters so many good actors in there playing very good characters you had uh an understanding of the technology the changes to what we thought was you know the weaponry and the science and everything uh back then it and it blew my mind when i was when i was that young you know oh yeah possibility of you going faster than light and visiting other worlds and you know, finding out what's on Mars and Venus and Jupiter and being able to not just explore our own little corner of this galaxy, but, you know, the entire galaxy, maybe one day. And to me, that drove me into reading science fiction novels. Um, the Zant series was, was fantasy, but I thought there was a lot of kind of a science-y thing about it anyway. So I was into Pierce Anthony, was into uh, a lot of the... Uh, 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 God, I can't remember his name now. Uh oh, sorry, I'm getting old here. World. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Ringworld. Ringworld was one of my one of the novels that I read next, and, and that all started with Star Trek. Uh, getting interested in in science, getting interested in reading, getting interested in other worlds and other things, and science fiction and fantasy, and mill sci-fi. I thought it was the just brilliant, in my opinion, and to me that was. Uh, that was all started back in 1971 when I was sitting down watching watching uh, Star Trek.
0: Okay. So um, does everybody... oh hold on, Nick. You showing us something? Uh, it's
4: probably my favorite piece of cinema ever. We are assembled here today. I felt like crying during
1: the episode. A lot of people did.
4: <clears throat> and yet it should be noted that in the midst of I our I still sorrow, get goosebumps. This death takes place in the shadow of new life, the sunrise of a new world, a world that our beloved comrade gave his life to protect and nourish. He did not feel this sacrifice of vain or empty and we will not debate his profound wisdom at these proceedings. Of my friend, I can only say this.
3: Of all the souls I have encountered in my travels, his was the most... human.
0: That's uh that tune on the pipes always gets to me.
4: Oh uh, yeah, Amazing Grace. Yeah, time.
0: I yeah, uh, um, too many times heard it for real. So
4: yeah, and that's I think that's one of the greatest things about Star Trek is that even in like the death of your comrades, they still kind of put a positive spin on it. You know, they always inflect hope. Yeah, and I think that that's the big distinction between Star Wars and Star Trek. Star Trek is a little bit more human. You know, because we know it's from Earth. Uh, Star Wars is in a galaxy far, far away. Even though they are human, they're not us. They're not Earthlings. So I like that clip. Um, it's probably the best way to describe Star Trek.
0: And having not, um like, I, there's a lot of it I've seen that I just am not remembering. So we had, right when you showed that, and then comes right back to it, was actual picture of Kirk and Spock in one of the uh TV series. So that was kind of. Fitting way to do it, man. Um, but yeah, the so one of the things that I disagree with Trek about is there's such vision of such a hopeful, oh, it's post-work, post-money kind of society that they did. And maybe that was just a next generation thing, um, the way they did it. But it was always like, it just didn't seem to fit my understanding of human nature. Like people are very self-interested and self-motivated. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But that's one of the things that I always struggled with with Trek was it just seemed a little too utopian.
4: I think that was the point. with like the ultimate achievement of human evolution is to get to a point where all the petty stuff we don't ha- we don't care about anymore. It doesn't need to happen. You know, we could all just yeah, it's definitely a utopia, you're right.
0: But is it petty to have to work for a purpose and to have your grind that that gives meaning to life? I mean, look what happened if you just want to use the recent experience with Rona where a lot of people were just sitting at home like I, that's not healthy for humanity not to have. Like a purpose, a drive. I want to get work done. And how I do you? Get I didn't follow the, those
4: rules, so I didn't feel that.
0: I didn't either. I mean, I, I kept working, but I, I'm just saying in general. Like you tell someone they don't have to work for anything, and they tend not to work. And so yep. when you hand them everything in a utopian society, I think it would bring about our downfall.
3: There well, was yeah, there was an experiment. I'm sorry. go
0: ahead. No,
4: go ahead.
3: I was going to say there was a uh, several. Uh, several experiments uh, that were done where they used rats in a rat city. And this experiment was done, I don't know, three, four, five, seven times or more. Um, I wish you could remember these specific names, but this this professor, this, this scientist did this experiment. And they put these rats into a situation where they have this rat city. They have free water, free food, uh, free nesting materials, and they can do what they want, breed what they want, how they want, where they want. It's totally open. It's a utopian society type thing. After a short period of time, of course, the rat population explodes, just boom. But they keep up with you know feeding the rats and, and everything. And then after a while, um, the population starts dropping. It drops drastically. And the first thing that happens that, that they noticed is that the rats stop breeding. The rats are more interested. They, they, they spend most of their time preening themselves, cleaning themselves, making themselves look better. It just it totally something that's like totally non rat like. And soon every rat is dead. They stop eating. They stop drinking. They, all they care about is preening themselves and looking good, et cetera, et cetera, and it goes away. In in similar experiments where they have to struggle to feed and struggle to you know get water and food and shelter, and they put the rats through this, they do better in the long term than they do if you just hand them everything. A thing about Star Trek that I like is they do show. Uh, you know, for instance, in the original series, they, sh- they show miners trying to make it on a planet. They show uh, people in societies that are different that are trying to change that society to uh, be different, to do better. Or in situations where there's such a utopia that the people don't die. Um, I forgot the name of the episode, but there's an episode where all the there's billions upon billions upon billions of people on this on this planet. They're just so compact with people who who won't basically will just keep on going forever unless something happens and the one uh the one daughter of i guess the leader of the planet uh, uh gets to meet kirk and she contracts some type of disease goes back to the planet and infects it so they can have death they can have type this type of thing. At least that. ten minutes the,
4: alone with Kirk, yeah. you're gonna get a disease.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow. That okay. That went funny. into the dark side quickly. So if you want to we, look that evolved. experiment up, it's called the <laughs> rat
0: Utopia. It's called the Rat Utopia Experiments. It was by Dr. John Calhoun. Don't quote me on the yes, one. Um, and he created in this experiment, the concept of what we call behavioral sync. And his interest as a um, scientist was what happens to humans during, this is when cities were booming and there, there was concern that it was um, not very, it was bad for humanity to live crowded together like that, like, you know, rats in a box, so to speak. And so that's what they were spent a lot of time um, investigating it. Turns out they weren't so wrong. I, I mean, just look at what happens to people living in cities. It's not the greatest um, and yes, Nick, the jokes write themselves, no need to apologize. Um,
2: but uh, but yeah, it's
0: called behavioral sync, is what it creates. Is basically what he was describing is they start um behaving in ways that are not um healthy, and you create societal cl- uh, collapse in an urban society.
3: Oh, yeah, and well, uh, I think you yeah, pointed out something go. that uh, that in 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 when you try to make or force people to be a certain way. Uh, it, it shows that you really, you can't really use government or force to make people do things. They will do what they want to do, regardless of what you do. Your, your only, only thing is to encourage them to one think, get educated, learn. But as long as somebody has purpose, I mean, uh, even over in Turkey, uh, under, uh, um, what was it? Autoturk, he, or Ataturk, uh, He had people that go around and people would get paid for they get a they get a broom and they were watched and they would they were they were the poorest of the poor, but they could sweep they could clean up and keep the streets clean and everything. And then they would go and uh, uh, turn in their broom and then they would get like uh, some pittance for the day and and I guess some food, too. And that's that even the poorest of the poor were at least contributing to the society. It was it was weird but it worked as long as you had a purpose or as long as you have that drive to survive that that purpose i think you do better
0: yeah um and so that was the experiment and it's um yeah it, it, it was interesting um it, it led to other experiments they did up between i think this one was the rat utopia it was doing 56 and 62 i could be wrong but i know it's in that range he did it um, multiple which- times yeah, well, th- that was the range he did. it. But then there were follow-on experiments that le- that studied uh, how introducing drugs to society would work. They, they basically, many mice died for the uh, evolution of an advancement of psychology uh, in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Um, so, but, uh, okay, so, you know, that was one of the things that I thought at least Trek was a little bit too utopian, although some of the newer stuff, they, they kind of get away from that. And I'm told, I haven't read as much of the expanded lore, however they consider the books, um, to know whether that followed on then. But has anybody read any of the Trek books out there? You, the first season of Picard
4: shows you the dark half of the utopia. If you guys watched New Trek, which I, that's the only thing I watched because I like Picard, but um, it showed the, the dark underbelly of what keeps a perfect society running.
1: I saw a little of that on the, uh, the Enterprise when uh, that show was early on. They they had to go into a couple of places that was kind of like the the dregs, the forgotten areas of society. So, you know, it, it looks like there's a lot. It, it leaves a lot of opportunity for somebody to, uh, to kind of take it that direction, which I think is what happened with Picard.
0: So bring I bring it real. Yeah, I've seen um, some of, but not all of the original series, some of, but not all of the next generation. I've seen some of the new movies, but not all of them. I Picards behind a paywall. So I don't, I don't get to see that one. And what was the one where the girl that had the guy name? That was another one that they did recently. She was like, her name was Michael, I think. Is, is, am I getting that right? Star Trek oh. Discovery. There we go. STD was the acronym because you know Star Trek Next and Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, I didn't get behind that one. And it was just more of the writing just didn't speak that to show me. I like
4: STD. Yeah. I like the <laughs> visuals that it uh,
3: did, but the writing just Star, didn't speak to me. Star Trek Discovery had its moments, in my own humble opinion. But yeah. as far as the whole show goes, I think they emphasized way too much on stuff that just had nothing to do with star trek and the federation and what they were about what their mission was about and what they were trying to do and they went so they went so sideways with that series i i gave up on it i watched a couple episodes and i got into it i was like okay i stopped it go got back into it for a couple episodes i'm like no i'm done yeah I, that's I, I how just i felt too it.
4: sean I, I gave it i gave it an honest chance. I got oh, three I did episodes too. in and I was like, uh, oh, this ain't for me, bro.
2: I,
3: I mean, when they had I, the big battle with the with the Klingons and the, the one ship got destroyed and then one, one guy got destroyed and the Discovery's trying to okay, I was like, all right, cool, this is and then they started going into all sorts of weird things. I was like, no, I'm done. I kind of got uh
1: tracked out, believe it or not, uh with Deep Space 9 that's where i was kind of like okay i've i've had my fill of star trek cuz it was after a while it was all the same for uh for the tv shows it was kind of like just more of the same more of the same more of the same and uh i was uh looking for something new at that point
0: what about um does anybody like voyager i do i, I had mixed. i i, did. Feelings. I had mixed feelings cuz it felt like if the whole goal was to get home, they did a lot of side missions that you would think, you know, that's not your priority. You would focus on the things to get you home. So it felt like in that respect, like you're dragging it out. Like I get, you know, stuff comes up. But the, the mission was to get home, and they just sort of forgot that half the time it felt like.
3: Well, you also have to understand that there's several different things about, uh, about the Federation. Uh, no matter where they're at no matter where they're at, where when they are no matter where they are or who they're messing with or or interacting with they are to be ambassadors for the federation they're to do everything in their power as as ambassadors to the federation that is a prime directive right there the second thing is not to interfere as well um, that's also part of the prime directive you don't interfere with 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 uh, uh, any societies uh, rules in these societies, ways they do things um you will defend yourself if you have to and they they can act kind of act like the goody two-shoes of of, of uh the galaxy that's what Isn't they it also indeed, like you don't interfere
4: through. with their natural course of evolution
3: exactly that's part of the prime directive as well you know you do it's basically you do not interfere with anything in that society that will affect them in a in a um, way that would that they would not normally be affected by their natural revolution. Unless uh, they have warp drive. This society. If they <laughs> are a the warp drive society, it, that is a primary prime directive. Also, if they are a warp <laughs> society, you are to make first contact.
0: Right. You know what else is a prime directive yeah. that was the unspoken one? None of those yes. rules applied to Kirk or Picard. They broke them every time. <laughs> but um, um, I got of my, in, my, in the my, book, the yeah, humor, we're going to pause for books, a moment. Where we yep. shamelessly shill for the man and then we will jump no. back to talk no. about the wild no. world of Trek. Thank you for uh for sponsoring this episode, Nick. You're gonna we're gonna shill for you today. Oh, awesome.
4: Uh I'll give you
0: All right. For those of you that are listening, because we know we have about a quarter of our audience actually listens and doesn't watch. There were a bunch of pretty pictures that Nick drew uh, that he put together in a scrapbook. And it was a, uh, a good, amazing comic book. Everyone says so. Just ask them. Um, but that was the Solarian Prime Universe. And we have um, done interviews where we talked to him specifically about that. So you can go check it out. It is amazing. His art is awesome. And you should buy all of them just because he's awesome um and with that being said thank you for sticking with us through that commercial interlude um sean you were telling us that some of the books that you read that um added to the lore so what was what was the book you were talking about that you read that was track
3: uh uh i know the commercial yeah i just that was a great commercial by the way i wow i'm like i'm gonna i I get a part of that I'm, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be a part of that yeah uh in the books uh God, I wish I had those books with me. I, I give them off to my son, I give them off to other people. Uh it's several books that uh are part of the lore of of Trek. There's several people who wrote those books about about him. The Kirk has a penchant for getting promoted and getting knocked back down to captain. Then he'll get promoted and get knocked back down to captain. I mean, he got up to Admiral, then he got back knocked knocked back down to captain. And he keeps doing this. It's it's kind of a theme because he wants to be. In the chair behind everything,
1: he wants and to be then, in space, not in the not you know, almost like he wants to be in space versus being in the Pentagon,
3: yeah, yeah, versus being you know, I placed can 100% agree where he, with where, that. He where he isn't as useful as he is out there on the front lines. They wanted to make him a Commodore, nope, sorry, I'll stay a captain. And he declined promotion to Admiral to the point where they basically, um, uh, uh the Federation took him and said, congratulations, you're an admiral. And then he started a
0: podcast called The Angry Staff Flag Officers, um, and he had Nick to uh, to be his producer because Nick understood his rage.
4: Yeah, I got (laughs) out before I became staff. Well, I was staff. I was a staff officer for a little bit, but I got out before I became a field grade where I don't have any other choice moving up. I'm going to be staff. I like the chair. I respected the chair.
0: So, other than the original or, or the next generation, because that was sort of the original for some people, did uh, do you guys have a favorite offshoot series? So, Enterprise, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, um, Discovery, Picard. I think Decks, that's the Low Decks—that's one, right? Oh, the comedy
4: cartoon. Yeah, yeah comedy I have
3: cartoon. not actually seen that yet. Just just the ads that pop up. i have been meaning to binge watch that. You'll Thank probably you love for it as, as
4: a Trek fan because it makes fun of itself.
3: So it doesn't take um, itself oh, seriously.
4: Good. It's pretty hilarious. That's
3: good. I'll have
1: to look at that too.
0: Yeah, friend a of the one. show, Veronica Jaguer, who's a narrator. We know um, she was telling me the other day that it is amazing and that I should watch it too. So she she highly recommends it. She said sometimes the humor is not always appropriate, but most of the kids watching wouldn't understand the joke anyway, so they can laugh at you laughing, and you're all happy.
4: Yeah, it's like watching a Disney movie.
0: Yeah, just like we don't we don't ever ask what what Popeye's really saying when he's muttering, but all
3: the adults know. <laughs> or or all the old uh, cartoons with uh, yeah. Mel uh, Mel Blanc in them.
4: Oh God, I love
3: that era of cartoons. Man films. of a thousand voices. I mean, the man was literally genius. Literally genius. He figured out a way how to make to make sounds and, and effects with your voice. It just just blows your mind. His uh I think his grandson now is uh voicing Bugs Bunny. Because he had a son was voicing Bugs Bunny and the other characters, and I think now I think even his I think his grandson's doing it. Nice, yeah, I guess I it's can't remember.
0: <laughs> so, you what do you guys think? What do you guys think is the most overrated species in the Star Trek franchise? So, Vulcan, all of the the Vulcans. Okay, why is that, sir?
4: <sighs> They're freaking everywhere. They're I, I look at Vulcans like space cockroaches. <laughs>
0: I mean, there are certain other races in that universe that would agree with you.
4: Yeah, uh, they I, I look at them like humanoid tribbles. You know, they just—they're <laughs> everywhere. They're everywhere. I don't know what to do with the tribbles.
0: That's All what right. I'm what about you, Ed? What's your? What do you think's perfect. the most overrated species in Trek?
1: The. Um, I probably go with the Klingons.
0: Me too. But go on defend your answer, and then I will. That's I, my number I two, do. Ed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um it's well for one I always thought you know here you are a spacefaring race but at the same time you're almost um, you know into almost like clan warfare everything was warfare 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 with them they live warfare well to me they never would have made it to the stars they would have you know shot and killed each other but you know versus versus being able to get out there and and um, you know settle other worlds as as you would look at it in in uh, space you know so that was the reason why i kind of picked the klingons
0: so i would say the klingons because they're hyped up to be this warrior race and then every time before they started joining the federation with young mr Worf, uh every time they would you know have boarding actions the five foot two blonde female suddenly is kicking their butt with minimal training and i'm like you're like six foot something a warrior of a lifetime of warrioring. And this little tiny nothing is kicking your butt, which means you're either not that good or she's Superwoman. And since Superwoman doesn't exist in this franchise, your only conclusion is the Klingons are pathetic. And I know I'm going to get the hate mail, but Stabby wants to read it (laughs) first. Go for it, Stabby. Go
5: for it. Honestly, I'm in agreement with both of you guys. The Klingons are so overrated. all you do is watch them fail they're like the stormtroopers
2: yes of star trek
5: they can't shoot straight they can't hit the side of a the broad side of a barn and everybody's like oh my god the klingons are coming but then they don't hit anything
3: that's post clone wars
5: but they also fly over the um the desks a lot I, had a, I I'm the person that notices tiny details and they, they are constantly flying over a desk all
1: the yeah, time. Tr- being thrown across the room or whatever, yes.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't and like I said, I don't have a problem in theory with a strong female character. I, I think they're well done, Xena Warrior Princess. I mean, a man of a certain age, that was your first crush, right? Like Ellen Ripley, um, Janeway for a lot of people, like but you just gotta do it right. And if if they're tiny and they're supposed to beat up, you know, hundreds of pounds of muscle. You got to make me believe it. You got to give me a reason. And since they didn't do that, our only conclusion is: you know, there are superheroes in the Star Trek world, which there weren't, or the Klingons were pathetic. So I went with pathetic. All right, Sean, you have been sitting patiently, quietly, biting your tongue, and it's your turn to speak, sir. So most overrated species.
3: I I, I want an unlimited supply of hot pockets and cena tapes.
4: <laughs> I uh, tapes are in my uh, <laughs> my cupboard and hot pockets. I
0: got you. <laughs> Actually, I have two races. If you want I have the, public, you want the publicly accessible Zena tapes, it's called Spartacus. Oh. She did another series. You're welcome.
3: I have two races that uh, I believe are uh, highly overrated. Uh, I agree with yeah. the Klingons. Um, you think for a, a race that brags about uh you know blood wine and 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 killing the enemy and destroying your foes they would have to as many battles as they have you they would have to be breeding like tribbles on super grain yeah with unlimited everything in order to 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 supply i mean every every klingon female would have would have to stop being out there on the battlefield come back and have as many babies as possible by any means possible and raise them so that they could go back out to battle I, unless there were trillions of klingons on the planets that they were at i don't see how they could survive and they just they continuously pop out klingons from everywhere and to me no i'm sorry after after some of the things that happened, their moon got destroyed. Their supply of dilithium is 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 is, is er, nearly eradicated. They've been invaded and in, and in the Klingon homeworld attacked by just about every every race that that uh, that uh, the uh, um, God what's the word the uh, Dominion had the battles that they had. I, I, I'm sorry the 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 Dominion's own uh, uh, warriors could just wipe the floor with the klingons i'm sorry no as many times as Wharf got his ass kicked no sorry <laughs> i i don't believe you sorry klingon no i'm not afraid of you why this three-year-old little girl could kick your butt with her dolly
2: sorry
4: <laughs> yeah which leads uh, us to the next question um what is the most underrated race and i'll kick us off
2: well i got we the second the, one i was going to
0: dominion Hold on, Nick. He said he had one more besides oh, you the
4: command. got. Oh, yeah, the second one. Sorry, my bad. I uh, this, got overzealous as a host.
3: Because of a Star Trek Enterprise, I have deemed that the Zindi are the most overrated race in that time frame. Um, mostly because they have all this power, all this technology, all this way of getting things done. They, they clearly outclass anything. That the Federation has, and anything that that the Federation's allies have, including the the uh, the vaunted Vulcans, I I don't see how Earth could have survived. I don't see how anybody could have survived. Uh, I mean, yes, there was the, the the plot hole driven devices of of Star Trek Enterprise, but you know, I'm glad we survived. You know, in in, in that to gain things later on. But, yeah, I think the Zindi were probably one of the most overrated races because, in the end, they got their asses kicked. And every time they, they we faced them, they got their asses kicked. And, and to me, I think it's just... Some, I mean, yes, they did some damage and they kicked some ass. But, I mean, you got a, a, a first class of Starship, you know, like the Enterprise. And you can you could blast the crap out of another zindi vessel but you're having trouble taking down this this one federation ship who can't even do warp six i mean warp five is like the highest they've ever done and you're kicking their ass come on
4: yeah that that was the highest warp capability they had on enterprise it was five yeah right? it was
3: five they they did i think they were able to go six at one point but
4: yeah, but it has it been a while since 15. ship. Oh,
3: yeah. I shook the hell out of the ship. Yeah. I mean, I was, well, I that mean, and they had Makos.
4: One. We
3: can't. Yeah. We can't. Yeah.
4: The Makos I mean, were so always
0: cool. For those that don't know, Zindis were the, the race of six that developed on the same planet, which in theory, you know, one, you're going to have an apex predator. So just like Homo sapiens sapiens won the Neanderthal race or the Homo sapiens, whatever, like that, the theory was on this planet. Uh, memory alpha memory service was the name of that episode tree uh six sentient races that were i think telepathic survived uh this is a picture of some of them if you're looking at it but they had uh, basically every race out of your nightmare as far as the way they did them aesthetically including one guy with like bug ear, like spikes and stuff
4: they ripped off the separatists from star wars
0: yes Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I could see that as being overrated. Um, they had the same feel to me as Q, where it was just like it became so OP that it just broke the series if you if you let it go. Yeah,
4: but we all loved Q because Q was witty and kind of a dick, <laughs> you know?
0: I've met some veterans that when Q first came on and they were mocking the Marine Corps, like in the early episodes, like I know a lot of people that hated Trek for a while because the Q and the oh, anti Marines are...
4: got their feelings hurt? I'm not even part was... of the continuum. I make well, funny talk, talk about
3: strong female characters i i think uh i i think we know who we're talking about uh being able to cause um uh, uh john uh what's it john Delance uh to get scared a little bit or his character to, to fear the you know you have a, 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 a you have an imp on your ship and like, yeah yeah Guinan is putting the fear of Guinan and you and she's been around for quite a while people don't realize that
1: you know yeah between between Q and Guinan those two um I like Guinan a little bit more um but Q was never one of my favorites I was like he was I
3: I thought I thought about the way um not only the books but some of some of the way that uh, uh Mr. Delance described Q and the character and what he was about he came in because he knew eventually that the human race and the races that were involved with the human race would eventually develop. Um, uh, there was a book I read that, in the end, they were traveling at warp uh, twenty-five at uh, side warp twenty-five. They developed a new type of something is beyond the warp capabilities of. Is Indian, that the continuum Indian. book? yeah the continuum book yes okay. Slide warp 25 and they meet they go outside of the galaxy far enough and fast enough that they meet a being who says congratulations this is your first contact with the rest of the universe and it was wow okay yeah now we're now now we've graduated from kindergarten welcome to first grade yeah i remember that, that was book. it was pretty yeah was,
4: that was a wild one.
3: Oh yeah and it mimics the 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 beings that were powerful enough to create a uh, a probe that infected uh, uh barclay's mind and made him super intelligent and have him develop a uh wormhole or a a, uh device to basically bam all right he folded space and now they're right in front of that being and when that happens all that stuff uh reiterates itself back down to himself and he's forgotten everything about it he's recovered back to normal and they meet this this being it's making contact and it's oh bipedal oh all right you know like oh what look at these people that answered we right. sent these a little fuzzy look, on yeah. that
4: but yeah. was it the same species the travelers the ones that um brought in a uh, wesley crusher towards the end of uh
2: i hate character. no
3: no the traveler i think the traveler was a, a, a plot device used for some other reason some future thing for wesley crusher you know, shut up wesley and um you he shut up Uh, and he was uh it was something where wesley would eventually have something in the future and he does end up going that way and he ends up disappearing because i think traveler what traveler uh reappeared again and he went with the traveler i think
4: yeah it was he showed up in like two or three episodes
3: yep and he went with the traveler eventually and he was gone i mean uh, that's post his his uh days in in the star trek academy
4: and and now look at wesley he's just rambling on on twitter (laughs)
0: So they did such a good job at making him the most hated character in Star Trek. I can't even listen to audiobooks He narrates. He annoys me that much. And I don't even care about his politics. He just something about him. I just remember his annoying face on all of the next generation. And I'm like, shut up. Did you you watch the big
4: bang theory? Uh, (laughs) Those every episode he's in, he's unwatchable. I'm like, you're not a good actor. He was
1: something. I remember a lot of uh, young kids, that you know, wanted to be wesley because he was able to do stuff with all the adults you know so it was yeah. for a lot of the little kids he was uh, someone to be you know admired and looked up to i would have been so friends
4: was... with wesley because he had a super hot mom
0: yeah, <laughs> i would have been um i don't know i was the age that i you know in theory watching that that should but no i still found him annoying um, so Nick was going to ask earlier and we got distracted again, but who do you think was the most underrated as an underappreciated, undervalued race and in, in Trek was, I, I always thought the Andorians were the most underutilized. I liked their culture. It was warrior-like, but believable. It wasn't so much that you wonder how they even like, they weren't too stupid to live. They had sort of a sympathetic mm. cause. I, I really liked them. The blue and the little ears was kind of cool because it was a Harkin. Back to some of the comics in the cartoons as kids of what aliens would look like. Weren't they which one was the, the green
3: characters that
0: wasn't was that the Andorians.
3: Orion's. Orions.
4: The Orions, yeah. Uh, the other ones were blue, I
0: think.
3: Andorians were yeah. blue. Yeah.
0: With the yeah. Little...
4: And the guy that yep. played Reanimator um Jeffrey Coombs is like my favorite Andorian ever. <laughs> <laughs>
3: As far as like the Andorians, yeah, I think they're underrated. I think the most uh, underrated, uh, the most underrated, uh, probably the most underrated race in um, Star Trek, I think, are 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 the Tellurites. Oh, which ones were they? The the Tellurites were uh, basically space. I, I consider them the space traders, space miners. They went in and they found a lot of. Um, their entire life was was basically, uh, from what I read uh, and what I know, uh, was to trade and to get mining and to get uh, materials, and they made their, made their living off of materials and trade, and and they they were um, from whatever they they basically would they would make a Ferengi cry, uh, <laughs> and and they weren't afraid to defend themselves. They weren't afraid to do what they needed to do, but they operated vast fleets of 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 ships that, that were trading vessels that would uh that were supply ships that can go to and from back and forth between all the uh they, and that's what they did they like they like to seek uh trade they like to seek uh, uh opportunity and that opportunity was mining uh, belts and, and 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 gear and stuff to to get at resources because they realized you you need to get the resources you need to get it now and, I, went to I think they were very underutilized in- and underrated
4: Oh yeah, uh, they in Star Trek Online. Um, that's those are the people I would go to to repair my ship, to get materials, repair my ship, and
2: oh
3: get yeah, the
4: lithium crystals and repair my warp core and things like that. They're awesome.
3: Oh yeah, you know, they oh, yes. they
4: got their justice in, a, in an online game. I'll, I'll put you that. <clears throat> I'll give you that. Oh yeah,
3: well, I used to play STO a lot. Oh, God, I was there. Before they started, uh, start. Oh, yeah, so Coons. This, is the,
0: this is the Orions. I mean, the uh, Andorians, Andorians, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, some, some, Man, of I'm already
4: sexually confused. Why are you putting that up there?
0: All right, and then these are the Orions, which were the green ones that had the hair yes. on
4: Kirk loved them, yeah, so much.
0: It, yeah. Even in the reboot,
4: even in the reboot, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Kirk looks like my grandfather.
3: <laughs>
0: I can hear that mouth
3: breather under your bed.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so um, I don't know. So what is, did anybody else besides the Orions and the Andorians, uh, did we have any others that we thought were underutilized species? Yeah, the Jem'Hadar. Which ones were those?
4: Uh, they were part of the Dominion. They were the shock troops. They they went on, what was it, Ketasol White?
3: Ketrasil White, yeah.
4: Ketrasil White, thank you. Yeah. I need to rewatch I think DS9 because right. that's also my favorite series. They
3: were resistant, and that's the thing I think was probably their underrating. They were resistant to phaser fire, disruptor fire, and uh, plasma fire. They were resistant to all these weapons. Not that they were proof against these weapons, but they right. were very hard to kill. Very I hard to kill.
4: At, I looked at them like the Michael Myers of Star Trek. Like <laughs> they, they just kept coming, you know. Or yeah, or, or Terminator for fans of that franchise, they were like the Terminator. life. From. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were awesome. I also call them Space Rangers. So yes, that's a good fitting one.
3: Um, I think my underutilized, uh, my underutilized uh, 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 characters or races in in space were the humans. Believe it or not, I think th- I, I think it was it, it's kind of unique the humans. Uh, like uh, the survivability of cockroaches could spread throughout the universe, get into places where they shouldn't have been, uh, get into places where maybe they should never have even gone, and they would find trouble everywhere they went. But no matter who tried to wipe them out, they would survive. No matter who tried to do something to them, they would survive. They would find a way. Um, there's an author on um, uh, on uh, uh, the uh uh, three Ravens, uh, discord, uh, that came out with a short story that he put out there about how the humans, how this vast, gigantic, huge conglomeration of, 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 of alien beings, they have a small representation of, uh, humans that are, are currently living in their, in their, uh, their conglomeration or their confederation and the uh, the uh one chief officer is talking to his subordinate and basically telling him to never underestimate the humans do not piss them off they don't go for you know just revenge they go for the long haul they want to they want to make sure they wipe you out if you piss them off so don't piss them off cuz they will mimic they will they will uh reverse engineer and they will, they will do their best to make your life and the life of everyone you know miserable so we don't want to piss them off and we found a planet about seven and a half billion of them i think we're gonna leave that alone hmm. i threw up a picture of some of the jim hadar
0: um that um that nick mentioned but so how,
4: they just when, look badass
0: you know the yeah. When you yeah.
4: first
1: threw that up, I thought for maybe you'd pulled something up from Babylon Five. First, I was like, "Oh wait, okay."
4: <laughs> they they got better through the yes. seasons. They uh, they horrified them more. I guess is the like they became nightmare fuel later on when they. Oh put yeah. Them in.
3: What I thought was neat is they used a uh, technology, Polaric energy. That was a theory, theoretical energy that. Uh, they discovered like back in the 1960s 1970s it was just in theory but in the series uh, uh especially a uh, uh, deep space nine the jim hadar developed the technology the the polaric weapons could go through shields they could they could cut through everything they could just you you would show up and you know a, a, a galaxy class uh starship would just you know couple of gem had our warship you're dead. Yep, done. You're dead. You're done. And yeah. And that I'm telling you, uh, that's when they discovered it. And because those two runabouts got back to uh deep space nine, were able to get back and and, and report back, they were able to start figuring out how to modify the shields, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But cetera. Gem Hadar are no joke. They are no joke. Their their entire design is if they can get your get their ship into your ship and and get their uh get their warriors on your ship they know where to go they know where to go they know what to do and they'll do it i mean it's, it's do or die for them because well, you that's know one of the, the cool victory things. is life
4: yeah exactly um it was that conflict that sparked innovation in the human species in the federation to to advance themselves and i i think that's very uh very saying about human nature in itself it's only through conflict and struggle that we
0: find that a is the mother of things. all inventions exactly well, so we I find forget- purpose we find purpose
3: yeah. you're
0: absolutely right so one of the things i said in the side chat as we were we were joking around like we always do is that i, I do think the jim hadar remind me of the alien from that movie the enemy mine um it has a very similar that lizard-like look to him which yeah, i think yeah. is kind of cool because it's it Played just by I, louis,
4: Goss- louis Gossett jr
3: Yep.
0: yeah it just looks intimidating the way they do the scales like that which i kind of liked
3: well any mind kind of gave me a a 1950s vibe and and it was weird i mean the ships are different clearly uh, you know they had different uh views on the technology but if you if you watch the movie it's not really about all the technology it's about the interaction that the main character has the major has with uh this alien because now they got to rely upon each other to survive. Yeah. yeah, And that's what I movie. find fascinating. Yes. It's, it's it an, we ought, ought to do a
0: review of that movie. Cause it's, it's a classic. Um, it, it's they, been a
4: minute since I've watched it. I, yeah, I want to retro review that.
0: Yeah. We we're going to be doing a series of retro reviews because there's some goodness in the classics that either we missed or haven't seen in a while. And since modern Hollywood is trash, we just figured we'd look backwards when stuff was good. Um, yep. So we well, talked about over yeah. in underrated races, but before we move on, uh, Ed, did you have anything to add to that? You've been, you've been a little bit quiet.
1: <laughs> no, uh-uh, nothing to add on that. I, I was trying to think of an underrated race and I really can't think of what hasn't been already said already. So uh, All right. no, uh-uh. I'm ready for the next question.
0: All right. So who do you think was the worst character in the entire Trek universe?
1: Hmm. <sighs> the worst, I'm going to say Q. Okay, I just him, uh, and Wesley would be a second, a close second, but
2: Wesley's he, on my list.
1: Yeah, I just I didn't like, even from the very beginning, I didn't like the arrogance and, you know, um, almost like I'm I, I am God, you just don't know it kind of thing that uh, uh, just kind of was a turn off from me from the start. Okay.
0: All right, what about you, Sean? Who is the uh, worst character in the franchise? You can hit any of the series or books, and, uh, whatever.
3: The worst character in my mind that they never should have allowed? Well, the the I have to say something. Miss Roddenberry is probably, uh, I forgot her name. She is probably one of, uh, she's a very good actress, for one. She knows how to play a part. And when she went all in on her part of Lwaxana Troy, oh, she man. did she did it big time.
1: Oh, she was fabulous.
3: And she was fabulous. But to, to me, the character was probably one of the worst characters Yes, in Star Trek. the character oh, Everybody hated her. Listen. The character didn't do what it's supposed to do. So it's probably one of the best characters you love to hate. But probably was the worst character. In, in the entire Star Trek franchise just because her character was the, the, the character was beyond self-important the character yeah. was very narcissistic very yeah. assuming and in more than one occasion wanted to marry Picard and yeah I... suddenly you know Picard's like wait second, we're getting married what <laughs>
1: I didn't know that she oh, was the. Oh, look at
3: that. I got, a, I, I got a meeting down on uh, on Corocious on Five. Yeah. Let's go.
1: I didn't know for the longest time that she was the uh, yeoman in the original Star Trek. Yep. I had no idea. It, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, you see the resemblance. Hello. But I did not know that for the longest time. She did fabulous playing that, uh, uh, playing with Santa Troy.
3: Yeah, but I hated the character. That character mm-hmm. just, bugged, just just put the hackles up every, every single time the character came on. And the only redeeming quality was uh, there was an episode where she was kidnapped. Her and her daughter were kidnapped by the uh, Ferengi. And uh, she did what she could to save everybody and to save herself and was willing to sacrifice herself to do that. That was the only redeeming quality on it. But after that, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) Worst character ever, in my humble opinion.
0: So, uh, Stabby, you're not a guest anymore. You're basically a co-host at this point, but because we do Ladies First, because Nick and I are gentlemen, sometimes we pretend anyway, uh, who do you think was the worst character in the Trekverse? Honestly,
5: it depends on... Which series and or movie you're really talking about, because in each one, there's something else. There's somebody else that you're like, wait a minute, we could just do without that. Or wait a minute, we can just do without that. Um, I'd have to say... Man, I I honestly I can't pick a single character. There's just there's one in this one and there's one in that one. But when it comes down to it, it's every time they wind up back on Earth, the the humans are kind of assholes. <laughs> like that's what it comes down to. Talk about
4: my man Bones.
0: Mm. He's meant to be that way. So uh, He's Georgia, uh, trying to uh, mute himself so he can save his marriage after insulting uh his wife's big <laughs> i'll say for me it was a toss-up between wesley crusher because he was just so annoying he was that character that was too stupid to live uh but yet somehow he did because his mom was important and i you just wanted to smack him like clearly he needed a dad in his life to bend him over and like take a belt to his backside so he didn't become the annoying little schmuck we all love to hate I don't think when they wrote him, they intended him to be the most hated character. I think they thought they were setting up future, you know, as he grew older, fill in the, move the timeline. Um, I don't even know if they realized. Yeah, I I don't think they realized how much he was hated at the time until it became a thing later. Um, So it was a tie between Wesley Crusher and maybe a close second would be Diana Troy because she just seems so useless. Like she could read emotions and suddenly should stare at the viewport. And it'd be somebody on the screen, and then Picard would pause it or mute it or whatever. And she would tell what was perfectly obvious to everyone. Oh my goodness, he looks angry, you think? Like the voice tone and the like facial expressions didn't give He's that away.
3: Hiding something.
0: She she just seemed to state the obvious and it was just so frustrating. It's like
1: I think they tried to make her just eye candy on the show. That's the best yeah. thing
0: I can at it. I mean, she did wear the skin-tight uniforms before she wore actual uniforms. Um, I th- they had another character like that that was kind of not... was more a foil than anything. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character as a bartender. But she didn't come off as annoying. She came off no. as, you know, like every bartender we've probably ever met at every, you know, two-bit <laughs> dive we've ever been to. So I, I just think it's the way they presented her character because I don't necessarily think it was the acting of whoever played Diana Troy. It was just... The way the character was written, I think. All right, Nick. Now that uh, you you've not died today, uh, who do you think is the worst character in the franchise?
4: Uh, Worf's son, Alexander.
0: So in the in the chat, you said somebody else was also annoying for you. Uh, the film oh doctor, yeah,
4: the uh, the replacement doctor, in, Catherine uh, Next Generation, Pulaski. Catherine Pulaski. Yeah, I didn't like her because I don't know if it was her acting range or whatever because she was trying to play um dr crusher but dr crusher is also hot so we give her a little bit of play um pulaski was not hot and just came off as a as a dick <laughs> so and
0: sometimes yeah. doctors are but not the good kind of way that was entertaining they to watch. are
4: but like it wasn't like even like bones is a dick I love Bones. Bones is a dick. He's just—he's the doctor you want. He's just going to tell you straight up, "Hey, quit eating bacon, because you're going to freaking die." Oh shit, maybe I should do that.
2: Damn you know, Jim but Pulaski was like,
4: uh, you know, was like very passive aggressive, and it's like you should probably listen to me because I know more than you because I'm a doctor, which is a call to authority. It's a logical fallacy. It just like it—I I couldn't get into that character, and I was like. I don't know what's going on with Gates McFadden, but bring her back. Please, right away, like post haste, mid season. I don't care. Just get Glaski yeah. off that goddamn ship. <laughs> you
0: know? So we have a, a hard out for one of our guests. Uh Ed apparently has to go save California single handedly <laughs> from the invasion of the um trebles. Um or something. We're trying to do Well, a I'm also in people.
4: SoCal, Ed. Give me a ring, I'll help you out. <laughs>
0: But uh, so with that being said, uh, dear listener, dear viewer, if you have topics about track that we didn't discuss, this is definitely fertile field to come back to. If you want us to do it with the same guests, we can even make that happen. Just uh, just tell us what you love to hate about track, what you love to love and uh, and all the things um, before JR, we let, I, and... I can
4: I can I can start our guest or our fans off. What okay. technology do you wish we had right now from the track
0: universe? Oh, that's hmm. the one I'll put in the uh, Spotify because we can ask questions now. Oh yeah, s- make that happen.
3: Personal shields and phasers—that's what I want. Personal Transport. shields and phasers—that's phasers what I want. Stone.
4: My fat ass wants a replicator.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, think of that. Well, uh, <laughs> that would be nice. I want a
4: transporter.
3: But a per- but a personal phaser and a shield and a personal shield would be great because then you could go and walk down the street of any city and walk back to your home and you wouldn't have to worry about shoopy do period because nobody would be able to hurt you. You just keep on walking. Personal shell protects you. Somebody shoots with a gun, bullets bounce off. You wouldn't you. care. Somebody gets in your way and you think they're going to do something to you, you take out the phaser. Stun. I'll shoot you you, you, you. you
4: got that tough choice. Do I go taser or do I go phaser?
3: You know, yeah. <laughs> tather or father. it's or choice, all right. It's Ed, what, um,
0: what tech would you want? Because it's gonna be the last question uh, from oh, Star Trek.
1: Hands down, the
0: transporter. Okay, stabby.
5: I'm with Ed on this one. Do you know how many conversations I get in where I'm just like, oh my god, beam me up, Scotty?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't we'll know what you you I
5: has
0: got, Captain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say the holodeck and no judgment. All right? Just no, don't ask questions. Let me delete the logs when I'm done. We're calling it good. Okay, Barkley.
3: <laughs> I was like saying, <laughs> I erased my internet history.
4: <laughs> Crusher wasn't allowed in there. Uh, For good reason, 13-year-old yeah. boy just on a holodeck. <laughs>
0: You With know 20th the 20th
4: century pornography? No. Uh, you no. know the
0: best representation of the deck was actually the first episode of the Orville where the guy was fighting a troll in samurai armor that was like cracking all the jokes? Oh yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be awesome. But <laughs> then you
4: throw in a <laughs> Halo ODST trooper. Like like Star-Lord said in uh, part two of Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm going to make some weird stuff.
0: <laughs> yes exactly wow. that's why i said in no judgment wow. but what about you nick what what do you want for daily life oh man it's
4: can i take a little bit out of everybody you know like a like a smorgies board like a, a banquet if you get the replicator oh,
2: wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the
4: rep, I, i'm gonna tell you repli, replicator is top notch you know it's like oh man i want some uh i want a tri-tip for dinner tonight boom tri-tip well real know, gray hot or no, who drinks tea? <laughs> British. British people drink tea. I won. We won that war. I drink coffee. There oh, you Monster. go. <laughs> All the so, across the pond. I don't know the hol- yeah. the holodeck is really cool because I could live like some. I'm a comic book guy. I would definitely dress up as Fat Daredevil and fight crime in Hell's Kitchen. I would you oh my lord she'd be like honey you need to get out of the fricking holodeck and I'm like I'm Batman tonight and it's awesome I'm fighting fricking Deathstroke <laughs> you know <laughs> so all yeah right. the the replicator and the holodeck are my my top choices
0: outstanding outstanding all right with that being said uh, Ed what are you working on right now writing and then how can listeners and viewers find you.
1: I'm working on the, uh, second book of, uh, Avalon found. You can find me on, uh, Amazon, uh, under E M Hansel, uh, Avalon found. Um, so, uh, it's basically, these guys are on a planet. They settled a planet and they've been there long enough. They forgot they're from earth. So I'll kind of leave it at that where they, uh, start off on some journey, see something in the sky and, uh, Um, I'll leave the rest to uh, reading. I have been told it gets better. I I admit it gets better as the uh, story goes along. Some people have said it's kind of slow at the beginning. My apologies. My next book won't be that. Um, I'm about halfway done with the second book. Just have some things in my life that have to uh, take precedence before I can do that. For example, last week I only wrote about 500 words. (laughs) You know, like two paragraphs or something like that. So. Definitely look for me on Avalon, Avalon found on Amazon
0: and uh, send me a review. Good on you, mate. Outstanding. All right, Sean, um, how can listeners find you? And what are you writing right now?
3: Uh, you can find me on Facebook at uh, Sean McCune on Facebook, or you can uh, uh, find me on discord with gun guy, G U N N G U Y. And uh, you can also find me on Amazon uh, and a link to the books uh, that uh, I'm, uh, part of in uh uh, with the two uh anthologies uh currently i'm working on four different books uh, but like i said this past year has been kind of tough um currently we're i'm working on a uh on a uh fallen empire novel for uh canon publishing uh it's called the black snakes Uh, basically the black snakes are a mercenary company that formed after the fall of the empire in roughly year 500 after they had uh conquered earth and uh you can go out and find uh the canon books that are currently uh published now uh that have the uh fallen empire you have uh, uh the irish brigade written by uh john holmes he's uh, he's the uh the publisher as well uh, and a very good author uh, he's written several different series um you also have uh, uh, several other books written in that same series. Um, uh, Casey, uh, God, I can't remember his last name. Uh, Kay, I think it's Casey Moore's, Casey Moore. Uh, I think he he has uh, is, is, uh, written uh, several novels, um, but I'm currently we're work, working on that one. I'm also working on a fallen, uh, excuse me, uh, on a uh, uh, JTF novel, uh, Joint Task Force 13. Uh, for uh, Three Ravens Publishing. Um, that one's going to be fairly big because I've gotten quite quite a, a bit in, uh, written into it. So hopefully I'll get that finished sometime this year after I get both hands worked on for Carpal Tunnel. Uh, also writing a separate uh, book uh, dealing with the old uh, 100, uh, 100 Worlds novel uh, that I'm expanding uh, on those stories. Um, that's going to include... Uh, uh, in that story, I have a cat named a cat named that's actually written uh, the character uh, off my cat Simon. and uh, y- you'll you'll kind of fall in love with him because he, he he wants attention. he makes a few appearances, a few cameos in there and hes just he's just he's just a wonderful uh, character that I'm going to write uh, a section, a, a couple of uh, chapters about his adventure after all this is over, they go to another world and more write an adventure of him on a space station. Um, also I'm writing a, uh, post-apocalyptic, um, uh, book. Uh, well, I, I'm calling it blue moon for now. I'm not sure, but basically a, a giant, uh, rogue planet comes barreling through our solar system and wreaks havoc and in the process it uh burns about uh, uh a quarter of the earth's atmosphere and and a quarter of the or rather quarter of the earth's uh land mass gets uh and water gets it's superheated so there's a lot of stuff that's post-apocalyptic about it uh people nations and peoples getting together you know billions of people dying because there's a uh, harsh uh the reality of uh, you know China and Japan and Asia, and, and certain parts of the Earth getting like obliterated uh, with the heat of this planet passing by, and the planet's name is Cobalt, Cobalt because it's Cobalt blue, and uh, in the process of it falling into the Sun, it gives the, the it gives the um, Sun an orangish bluish tint, and um, that's the reason we have a, sol- a a blue moon at the time. That's the reason I called it Blue Moon, because that's the only way I could uh, kind of uh, work it in there in the science, because I like the name Blue Moon. Anyway, uh, The uh, I got other novels that I've just written on in the past five years. that I just kind of got on the back burner. But the two main ones that I'm doing are the JTF-13 novel and uh, uh, Black Snakes novel uh, for, uh, for canon publishing.
0: All right. I know you've got a heart out, Ed, so we appreciate you coming on. Um, we would have probably kept going for hours and hours, nerding out over all things that we like to get nerdy about. Yeah. Um, well, no, it's really the listener's fault. Cause they said they wanted to hear our behind the scenes, nerdy conversation. So we started recording. Oh, be fine. Views. We, keep, we really, keep doing that. Yeah. It's, it's the listener's fault. They, they put up with us
3: and yes, some of them they pay do.
0: us. So, you know, so we, we love
3: you. It. We love you.
0: We appreciate you uh, coming on, Ed. And we'll have, Thanks, to have I- you back.
1: I'd love to be back, and uh, thank you for uh, letting me join you guys. You guys have a great evening. I do have a hard out, so if you guys want to keep nerding out without me, um, I'll uh, I'll have to call my therapist, and we'll go for there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my right. world, Ed. I think your
3: <laughs> the therapist is called Jim Beam. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, guys, you have a great evening. Thank, thank you, you, sir. I'll
0: Thanks later for coming you. on. Bye-bye. Jim is a good therapist, though. I might have known him a few times. But before we let you go, dear listener, this is where we hearken back to the olden days where we remind you to please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platforms. Your reviews help the right readers find the right books. So do your part, people. And rumor has it if you get um, 100 reviews on Nick's comic, his wife won't kill him. And that's always a plus. Yeah, so, I on. kind of want to
4: live so healthy. Yeah.
0: And, and we're going to cancel his life insurance just so she's not as motivated to, you know, to spice him up, but I don't know if that takes effect right away. So please hurry. Review the book 16 months. Um, like, yeah. You know, but, uh, anyway, you can find us a dear listener on our link tree at L I N K T R dot E E backslash blasters and blades podcast. Again, link tree backslash blasters and blades podcast. It links all the things, including our bit shoot, Rumble, Twitter, email, Facebook group, all the things I said. Uh, we are on Twitter at sf underscore fantasy underscore show, Sierra Foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. Where mostly lately I've been posting funny memes because why not? Um, and nerdy stuff and a few outrages that are happening at the VA hospitals where they uh, threatened to arrest a veteran that showed up for help. Not cool. Um,
2: yeah,
0: but the cat memes are delicious.
3: Seriously, they 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 threatened a veteran.
0: Yeah, he uh showed up because the uh, amputation went wrong and it was infected and he wanted to see a doctor because, you know, nastiness, he, we will not. That's discuss, what you want to do when wow. stuff's infected. And so he showed up and they told him come that, back tomorrow wow. and he came back tomorrow and they said, go away. And he said, I'll wait in the parking lot until Monday morning when I can go to the ER. And they said, we'll call the cops. And it's a whole thing. Yeah. Socialized medicine. When, when supposedly our nation's heroes get treated this way, this is why I can never be for universal medicine because I don't hate people that much, and that's saying something with my cold, dead infantry heart. But I just can't hate the world that that's,
3: much. That's sick. I mean, they wouldn't. They do the amputation and yeah. they mess it
0: up, and then they threaten to and call. They the messed cops it up, and, and they threatened
3: to call the cops if he came back because he because it went wrong and things got infected. And
0: yep, that, it was it was gnarly. That's
3: intentional. That's intentional attempted murder.
0: I would say so, but you can email us at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. Again, blasters podcast at gmail.com. We will not apologize, but we are very veteran friendly and v- pro veteran. So we share all of those things. We stay apolitical, but I don't think supporting your veterans. Yes,
3: Air Force veteran here, by the way.
0: Oh, outstanding, outstanding. Our, our favorite Zoom name. Hey, my. Um, we have a Facebook group. Only at- if she's bent over. <laughs> uh, we have a Facebook group. It's at blasters and blades podcast group, backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast you can follow us on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters tack and tack blades again anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades where for as little as 99 cents a month you can help keep the lights on we really need the sarah mclaughlin music so that way we could be like for just a little bit for less
4: than a cup of coffee for less than a (laughs) cup of
0: coffee you can stop nick from being stabbed today do your part
4: I mean, I, I dig it for the first 15
0: minutes. Then it just gets repetitive. Then it gets weird. <laughs> uh, and then you can support the show more directly over at buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Henley. Again, buymeacoffee.com backslash author Jr. Henley. Be sure to put in the comment section that is for the podcast. And I promise I will keep my co hosts Doc Seska and Nick Gerber, duly caffeinated. They will drink until the world shimmers with the caffeine that comes out of their pores. They will sweat hundred proof by the time they are done because you know In world
3: where they shine with the power of caffeine
0: have you done voice work sir because i mean i can see it jesus christ sean i can listen to you read instructions
4: off a freaking aerosol can
0: i mean do you <laughs> got time for voice. another hobby so I'm awesome just, do, do, I
3: have, do i have time for what
0: another hobby just start doing audiobooks i know some people looking. well
3: there are some people have been uh, saying hey man you've got to do audiobooks i'm like i, I got yeah, a day job i got books you, to dude. write like God.
0: <laughs> so the other thing is is we the blue background you know,
3: with the blue background
0: joy, you're rocking, you, know? <laughs> you could also do Night like Love Advice Radio. He could
4: when Peter Cullen dies, he could totally be the voice of Optimus Prime.
3: Uh, Autobots
4: transform.
3: <clears throat> Autobots transform and roll out. I see am see what Optimus I said? Prime. See what I said? And I call just... all Autobots to Earth, just like us. There's more to them than meets the eye.
4: Oh, come on. My nipples can only get so hard, man.
0: Wow.
3: <laughs> that was awesome. Recon.
0: See, see I'm telling you, um, audio books win. At a minimum, narrate your own dang stuff because that was amazing.
3: <laughs> there are people who really want me to do that. I'm thinking about doing that. Um instead of writing just go ahead and just read read the books Um, or do
0: the reading and the writing and quit the day job i mean i hope your boss isn't listening if
3: it was if it it brings in all the all the money that i'm making now, the current job and and with benefits and everything yeah i mean okay if if that could happen it'd be great
4: i have to ask a personal favor i know we just met i will pay you money to narrate the next trailer for my next comic sure okay
3: that go ahead. You can go ahead and uh, um, you can contact me on uh, Facebook or on Discord. I just added to you on DM. Facebook, so. You, oh, you did. Okay.
4: You're you're somebody I oh, want to be friends with. Oh my God! You want your choice? You, you know, there's a lot country country people of people who like me, the sure.
3: color green, but most of them like to smoke it first. Frog here. Yeah, I'm Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> um, anybody want some pork chops? They're fresh.
4: I do. I guess she lost that argument, eh, boys?
0: <laughs> uh, poor Stabby. She's just sitting here looking at like, what the hell did I do? It's, uh, it's amazing what you
3: can do with a with a good supply of chloroform. So I just
5: got a. I just got a message from the kid, and he Uh-oh. heard us through the walls that we are talking Star Trek, and um. <laughs> He decided to join without joining.
3: <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on. Let me. To that join again. without joining. Hold on, hold, hold on. Hold on. on. Isn't that like the reverse of the idic? Oh,
4: show it. Show it. Oh, um, message sent. I took a picture of the
0: kid.
5: Nick sent you the message. You can post it up on the. Pull it up on the screen.
0: All right, I'm, give me a sec. Well, why we do that? Uh, yeah, see, this is we we think we're done with the episode, and it never quite works lately, and we just keep this going. This is a stream
3: that never ends, so oh, it goes on I and on, my, my friends. friends. All right,
0: all it right. started streaming
3: up. on the internet, not knowing what it was,
4: <laughs> and it can go and forever it keeps on going. for forever. Just because, just because, because it's it a stream it that end never ends, ends.
3: <laughs> it goes on and on, my friends.
4: See, I've had too much caffeine now I'm animal from uh
3: from the Muppets from the Muppets yeah animals yeah I mean for such thin arms he was like very powerful I mean he goes crazy he he's was... like he tosses buses cars breaks through yeah breaks through doors no problem
4: and, and then does a a wicked drum solo
3: oh yeah oh yeah and and think about <laughs> it think <laughs> about <laughs> it, <laughs> it. He, he can go through doors and other things to destroy other things, like, like uh, was it the, uh, the the Tasmanian Devil does? Oh, but yeah. he does it with more flair.
4: Yeah. He could, play, he could be the drummer for Van Halen back in the day. Like, he could be the Kool Aid yeah. man. He, oh, yeah.
3: oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. There's
4: the boy. Oh, mine's better. Hold on. He used clothespins to make his ears like that. Oh, my God. <laughs>
3: What is on his eyebrows?
4: I don't. I don't know. But a he magic made them marker. He's like super proud of them. Hold on,
3: hold on. They're almost perfect, actually.
4: But he. But he's thirteen, so he needs to. Well, he, uh, he needs. He needs to. The,
3: he needs to narrow them slightly and 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 remove the piece that looks almost like a unibrow. If he could do that, I mean, he'd look less Romulan and actually more more Klingon or more uh actually, no.
2: Maybe he's a half more horse. more Yeah. Yeah,
3: half breed. Yeah.
4: Oh, did I ever tell you my uh embarrassing Star Trek moment on public access TV?
3: Fascinating story,
4: it is. And I have no I got idea what he's talking about. From Mr. Sean McCoon, and a please
3: stand by. Time. Nick's about to tell a story.
4: So I was nine or ten. No, I wasn't nine or ten because James Clark was my friend, so that was middle school, so that was seventh grade. And there was a Star Trek public access show. And they had a, you know, Ask a Trekkie type segment. And I wanted to know if Vulcans had last names. So I call in. I get on the show. I'm so freaked out. My dumbass question is, do Vulcans have ears? I got laughed at on 10 minutes of airtime. They're asking if Vulcans had air ears. They dragged me so hard, and all I really wanted to ask before they hung up because once I said ears, they hung up, then laughed at me. I got laughed at by Trekkies, and all I want to know is if Vulcans had last names.
0: I mean, I have. Is that
3: a, is least... that a no? Is that a, like oh. a little nose piercing there? It looks like a nose. I don't know piercing. if he
4: doesn't do the dishes rights again. I, I'm gonna give him a nose piercing.
3: If it, well, if he has a nose piercing and he's got the things, he gets some some like heavy metal earrings going all through. Man, he'd be like a metal Vulcan. He'd be a, a total you, metal Vulcan. Did he
5: use my shoe polish. No, on his it's, eyebrows. Um, it's dry erase marker.
0: He. Oh wow. <laughs> he's committed to the bit.
3: Yeah, he, he's he's throwing he's throwing all in. The,
5: the thing is, he
4: didn't need the safety pins. His ears already look Vulcan. Well, they're not—they're
5: not pointed enough, and I told him to use tape because he's like, "Mom, how would I point
4: my?" Ears? I also told him to use tape. I told
0: so, him
5: I said, "Use tape or put glue just inside your ear and pinch them together."
0: Because that's what they did it. with Nimoy. So, wow. so Nick, you—you you have a uh, issue with Trekkies. I had that same problem with the uh, the He-Man. who is Drake. So they used to do um, the call. You could call the one eight hundred number when you had to pay, and they like build your your phone company. And that you That could is talk a to 1-900
4: things. number.
0: It was Mr. not 1-900, you're right, you're right. <laughs> and so I snuck out of school one day, and I called the 1-800-900 number because I was going to talk to He-Man, and it was just a pre-recorded thing about, and make sure you asked your parents. And I'm like, if I asked my parents, I wouldn't be here. And I had yeah. so much trouble, and I didn't even get to talk to He-Man. It was a stupid voice recording. I felt cheated and lied to, and I never forgave him.
4: When my dad was, uh, when I was very young, when He-Man was a big deal in the Master Universe, He uh, did an appearance at a Toys R Us. I don't know if you remember that, dear listeners, but that was an amazing toy store back in the day. and uh,
0: Where a kid can be a kid.
4: Where a kid can be a kid. It was right next to a Chuck E. Cheese, also known as a rat-themed kid casino.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I have to remember that.
4: I'm going to remember i have that. to
3: remember that. A, a rat thing.
2: My, kid my dad, yeah. who
4: told me that he was doing this, this is when he was trying to be a stuntman man. He's trying to be an actor and a stuntman in Hollywood. Did, didn't take, obviously. Um
0: so he had to be a Navy SEAL instead?
4: Yeah, he had he had to default to being a Navy SEAL. But that's what got him into the stunt world was that he was a Navy SEAL. They're like, Oh my god, you guys are badass. And that's because people didn't know about Ermore Rangers yet. But uh <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> I hope I hope he does, and I hope he copes and seeds. But anyway, he, he showed up to the Toys Russ and he told me that he was dressing up as a masters of the universe character. So as any American adult, you know, American pee, pubescent male, I figured my father was gonna play He-Man, right? No. He was Skeletor! <laughs> <laughs> the look yeah hey man hey man i don't want to feel good i want to feel evil you know which was also probably the same voice for a cobra commander which i can also do very well
3: you probably turned uh, your mom on too
4: Oh, God. <laughs> uh, no oh he had the man. skeletor mask still on it was gross Oh God. <laughs> I'm like, so it's flesh under there. That's we're so going weird. off you the rails faces, on the podcast
3: guy. train.
4: Yeah,
0: so um,
4: we getting canceled for sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> let's move past trains and uh. So you we went to. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, oh God.
3: that uh, wrong thing to oh, say. Phrasing, phrasing, oh, phrasing. phrasing. Oh my my God. Contact, that takes please. me back
4: to a video Contact. I found in his closet. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs>
3: Oh, yeah. should name should name this kid thomas
4: i just want to know who was playing he-man he had that <laughs> mask on
0: anyway like, you hey, know it wasn't my dad because he was rocking skeletor um so so you got to the toys r us and you found your dad was playing skeletor skeletor yeah.
2: you feel cheated? uncle
4: he-man showed up later that night
2: <laughs> uncle, uncle- he-man <laughs>
0: That's All right, that's people, them. before we have to mark this as not safe for work, I'm going to thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For Nick Garber and the absentee Doc Seska, this is J.R. Hanley, and or, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. And thank you and for like- joining
3: the Blasters and Blades podcast here. We're going crazy here. <laughs>
0: Uh, We'll we'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, sometimes inappropriately cheesy, but cheesy all the same and all things that go boom and not in the boom, boom room. And we're out. Nick's,
4: Nick's terrific memories.